You're listening to Hockey to Heroin, the road to recovery on the Hockey Podcast Network. New episodes Wednesdays and Saturdays. Follow Hockey to Heroin on Twitter. That's at Hockey, the number two heroin for updates and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Brady Leaver, like any other Canadian kid, his dream was to play in the National Hockey League. Success came easily to Leopold as he began to turn heads in the junior leagues. Well, he pass for Long, he's got Leopold with him. Long walks in, Sanders, goal! Leopold's a right-hand shot, rotates, and then sends Long back to Leopold. And here we go, right off the bat, a fight ensues. And it's Leopold and Kerr, and they're both getting in shots. Now Leopold throwing right after right and just connecting like crazy. Once I met Aaron, I mean, it was just, that became my new passion. What's the reason that young people who are athletes get addicted to heroin? They injure themselves, and they're more likely to be prescribed an opioid. And once addicted, many are going to switch over to heroin because it's much more cost-effective. And the effects that they produce in the brain are indistinguishable. When we talk about painkillers, we're essentially talking about heroin pills. Guys, welcome back to another edition of Hockey to Heroin, the Road to Recovery. Guys, this is episode number 42, coming at you guys live from the Garden Memorial Gardens in North Bay, home of the OHL's North Bay Battalion. Guys, I am so thankful to be alive, guys, to be in North Bay. Uh, what a great opportunity uh, to get back on the ice for the first time in seven long years, guys. Uh, it's been obviously way too long. Uh, my legs are feeling it, uh, but man, do I feel amazing. I feel alive. Uh, big thanks to 360 Goaltending and Dan Spence, but we're going to get into that. Uh, also, I just want to say that it feels like I'm in junior again. I, I'm actually staying with the Billet family, the Buchanan family. Uh, what a nice family. Uh, I want to just go on the record and say thank you to them. I am so grateful to them. Uh, I am not in a position to afford a hotel right now. Uh, that's for sure. And uh, listen, they knew my story. They're very aware that I was incarcerated, that you know I had a drug problem, all of it. Uh, and Blair Buchanan, he didn't even hesitate. He just opened his door. He had a towel. They had a towel and a face cloth ready, a bed made, uh, whatever I need, guys. And uh, they have two young sons. Um, 17 and 11 and actually Carter was out on the ice with us skating shooting on some goalies uh, lots of fun getting to skate with him he's got long hair it reminds me of a young Colin Long my former linemate minus uh, Carter's a defenseman uh, but he looks like a little surfer with his uh, little Abercrombie shirt on and uh, I got him hooked up with a team issued too guys because you know this episode is probably brought to you by team issued limited team issues connecting all walks of life team issue does this by recreating that special feeling of being part of something bigger a community for all striving towards the same goal guys you can check them out teamissue.ca use promo code toedrag 15 to get 15 percent off your total purchase guys if you enjoyed that intro track that is Corey marquardt he is a the pride of North Bay. He's a country singer, and his, his brother uh, actually plays uh, in the East Coast Hockey League. Uh, he played in the Quebec Major Junior League. He was actually drafted by Doug McLean to the Columbus Blue Jackets, and we played each other uh, in the Traverse City Prospects Tournament, uh, and he's actually running a camp, um, you know, a couple hours or whatever after we're on the ice, so I crossed paths with him, gave him my business card, uh, and guys, it's, uh, it's, been a, it's been a lot of fun. 
uh, getting on the ice and uh, getting to meet some of these kids and, and getting my story out there and getting to meet the, the Mark Hortz uh, and what he's doing. Uh, and then uh, actually it was Dan Spence that showed me the song, guys. That is out, Outlaws and Outsiders. You can find it anywhere on Apple Music, I'm sure, guys. We want to support good local Canadian musicians. So shout outs to Corey Marks. His uh, real name, I guess, is Corey Marquardt, uh, if you're going to look it up. But he's going by Corey Marks. Uh, and what a song guys so thanks to Dan for showing me that uh, guys we are not recording in the Matthew Lezinski Memorial Studio but if you know anything about me I bring it everywhere so this is the makeshift Matthew Lezinski Memorial Studio we're actually live from Dan Spence's uh, Ford F-150 in the parking lot but listen uh, if you don't know who Matthew Lezinski is he was a former OHL uh, Sault Ste. Marie Greyhound, he was drafted in the second round by them guys, and uh, man, he uh, story is much like mine guys, mental health and addiction, we were the same age, and uh, his, while he was battling in Ontario, I was battling in BC, and unfortunately we lost Matthew Lezinski in 2017 to a tragic overdose, and I never got to meet him, uh, but a new friend in Matt Thompson was best friends with him guys, and he shared his story with me, uh, and since that moment, uh, this whole journey has taken another step in a total like I don't know like it just took a giant leap because um, this could easily say in memory of Brady Leavold um, and there's really no reason why it doesn't and why this says Matthew Lazinski and uh, I know that if this would be me on the plaque uh, you know I would have never had a chance to redeem myself People may have remembered me for only the negative things. Uh, and I'm going to make sure that that's not the, the, the case with Matthew Lezinski because from what I've heard about him, he was a great guy, an excellent hockey player, uh, and he just had some off-ice mental issues that uh, he didn't have a ton of support from the hockey community from, guys. And uh, that's where the Puck Support Foundation comes in. And I'm really excited to announce that a uh, couple days away from announcing a crusade. That's the hint. Uh, and a big thanks to Rob McDougall. He, of course, did the new logo for Hockey to Heroin, uh, but he also did a new logo for the Puck Support Foundation. And I actually have an open contest going on right now. So if anybody, I haven't checked to see if anybody's won on Facebook yet today, so maybe someone's got it. But if they haven't, check it out. The new Puck Support Foundation has a logo on the puck. And if you know what that logo is, you win a free team issued hat. Uh, it's uh, it's pretty much the logo for a certain word. I'll give it to you, and uh, if you can't figure it out off that hint, if my whole um, being, my whole, uh, I, I can't even uh, think of the word right now. But everything that I do, guys, this is uh, my attitude. So um, whoever knows what that symbol is, free team issued hat, guys. Um, other than that. Uh, this is episode 42, eight away, eight away from number 50. That's going to feature my dad, Brian, guys. Holy shit, hang on for that one. Uh, really looking forward to talking to my dad. Like we've connected a little bit over the last few months after really uh, our relationship really deteriorating over the last decade, of course, due to my decisions. But uh, we have be, uh, been talking a lot more lately and I'm looking forward to talking to him. And it's, in, it's really my hopes, guys, that our conversation can just educate uh, the hockey community, some of the parents, some players. Uh, and ultimately, if uh, you find your son or daughter or yourself in the position that I was in, um, maybe there's some answers there to be had um, and uh, maybe my dad can be an outlet to some of those parents going forward who knows uh, anyways uh, check it out pucksupport.com guys also if you want to support hockey to heroin road to recovery please check me out on patreon patreon.com slash hockey to heroin I have a few different tier levels another big thanks to David Carlson who I believe is watching live right now David Carlson is one of my biggest supporters huge 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 thanks to David Carlson for being my very first patron. Uh, and I'm gonna make it uh, interesting, exciting, and uh, worth your guys' while getting autographed pictures out there from me, from my guests, um, different things, guys. I'm current, always thinking about new ways uh, to up the ante, if you will. So uh, without further ado, guys, I know I'm missing something in the intro, um, but uh, I say, I can always figure it out and talk later on the outro. Uh, so let's get right in to episode 42. Steeler in over the line for Swift Current. Stays with the puck, puts it in front, shot. Oh, and Spence comes well out to make the save. 
And he is just stopped by Spence, who charged out of his net to stop that one. Stone got to the puck first, but he couldn't clear it around the boards. It was blocked. Here's a chance. A great save by Spence off uh, Smith with the left pad and a bullet shot by Smith. He got everything, and Spence makes a great pad save. Smith all alone in the slot as that puck came to him in a hurry. Spence has already made a couple of big saves here, even though his team trails 2-0. Here's Smith again, shot, and Spence has that one too. This time there's no rebound, and good thing for Dan Spence if you're a Hitman fan, or it could be worse than 2-0. For Smith to take that shot, he took a nice feed from Danzero in that position. Spence with a huge save. Another one right in that area, two chances. Finally, Spence makes the save and gets a whistle. Two big things in this first period in my mind, that goal by Postma, but prior to that, Dan Spence made two or three great saves to keep the score at two to nothing. So Calgary's very much in it, 2-1 after the first period. As you Boards, and you lose, you lose your balance that way. So just remember, stay tall. And you can see the difference, right? Like, I don't have to be like, it's this or that. It's, are you stopping pucks or are you not? Every year, I get tired of hearing it, World Juniors. And when the Canadians are struggling and they're not getting the goaltending they need, what do you hear? You hear a commentator says, oh, what's wrong with uh, Canadian goaltending? We used to be such a powerhouse and, and now we're getting, uh, we're getting looked over all these other countries, Finland, Sweden, the Russians, everybody's better in goaltending than us. What's going on? What's wrong with Canadian goaltending? There's nothing wrong with Canadian goaltenders. There's a lot of great Canadian goaltenders. Go to the pros. Treat yourself, goalies, treat yourself like a Ferrari. So guys, the moral of the story here is, it's not the goalies, it's the training. So go to the right place, get the right training, ask the right questions, treat yourself well, 10 in, 10 out, have a good day. All right, guys, without further ado, our very first live podcast, you heard it in the intro, this guy was a WHL second team all-star in 2007, 2008. He was also a U-17 World Hockey Chips silver medalist. Uh, not to mention, during the 2006-2007 season, this guy was back-to-back -back, uh, weeks gold CHL, not WHL, but CHL, Canadian Hockey League Goalie of the Week, twice back to back guys uh he played uh, for the calgary hitman then he went on to the sarnia sting we're gonna get into that um i i'm really listen before we get in the episode uh we're sitting here i'm really just grateful to be doing this but you know dan uh he owns 360 goaltending and that's why i'm in north bay so dan thank you for uh listen man thanks for having me out here and welcome to hockey to heroin road to recovery yeah it's been a pleasure brady uh it's been uh, been great catching up and uh hearing your story and kind of fill in the gaps between uh, you know what I'd heard over the years and you know you hear kind of through the grapevine what's been going on and, and hearing it from you has been uh, it's been really cool and, and catching up and you know it's funny a lot changes over these years since we were you know I don't know how old we were when we were playing against each other through through these uh, you know minor hockey days and spring hockey but you know it's also cool to not much has really changed at all you know at, at the core of it so we're still back here you said you feel like you're playing junior hockey again and you know I, we do these camps every summer and, and we work with these kids during the season and um, you know that's that's kind of what it's all about and, and just kind of giving but you know it's cliche but you know kind of given that experience that you know maybe we wish we had sometimes and I, you know I see you out there you know this week buzzing around you know talking to the goalies talking to the shooters too and and you know giving them pointers and and you know again it's just things that you know maybe Maybe it's things you heard from a from a former pro or a coach who, who helped you, and you're you're just kind of regurgitating that and, and putting your spin on it. Or maybe it's something that you never heard, and you you know that that kid will remember that, you know, and that's something that we forget. Um, you know, I think as as athletes and and uh, you know we go through it and we, we forget that there's a you know a nine or a ten year old kid who's you know I remember um, you know in, in elementary school before I even really got big into hockey, uh, Jeremy Jackson came and did a talk with uh with our with our class he was somebody's cousin and then just you know that 20 minute experience that that kind of sparked me and said you know like i thought that was i just thought that was really really cool and you know and and we kind of forget that i think so it's it's great having you here and uh we're going to get you to talk to the group tomorrow and and uh you know kind of 
kind of share some of your experiences and we can learn from that. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that for sure. And, and Dan, uh, it's been actually a really enjoyable couple of days, obviously being on the ice, but uh, I actually got to know a little bit about you more than I, I have before because we you're a year younger than me. We grew up in the Lower Mainland. We're both out in Ontario, but you're from Langley. Um, shout out to the Langley Eagles, Minor Hockey Association, where you got your start. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was really interested. We went out uh, last night for dinner and, and we got to talking and, and you know you shared your story about how you got started in hockey. Uh, why don't you share with the listeners how you got started in hockey because it's a it's a pretty interesting story yeah it's not the typical uh for sure we we moved from the sunshine coast my family when i was uh, i guess about eight or nine years old we moved to langley bc we were we were renting and um uh, i'd had a bit of a bit of a rough uh i guess childhood not rough but but you know tough tough in, in certain some senses and um you know parents splitting up and and kind of dealing with that i think i think it was tough uh on me as a kid and uh we moved and kind of for maybe for a bit of a fresh start in langley and uh wasn't into athletics parents pushed me into sports into soccer skating you name it and I, I just didn't take to it I wasn't uh wasn't a, into the team stuff wasn't into anything really and um we luckily for for my sake for hockey the kids on my street would be playing out there in the cul-de-sac every day um you know in the, it would have been the summertime when we moved they were out there every day and I'd watch them and my, my parents would say you know just go out and play with them and uh I was just too shy I was just a shy kid and uh, you know, one day they finally pushed me out, um, and I, I didn't even. I only had one stick, and it was it was wrong handed. It was wrong handed stick. It was a lefty, and I'm a righty, and it was from uh, Susan and Al Thorne. They're out in Timmins right now, ironically, from the Sunshine Coast of Timmins, not far from we are. We're in North Bay right now, and I went out there with a the wrong handed stick. And uh, long story short, they threw me in goal, and uh, kind of ended up in there and playing ball hockey, and got into it in the Langley minor hockey system, and. Um, you know, just kind of worked worked my way up, and I knew as a as a late start, at nine ten years old, that I was going to have to do something differently. I was going to have to uh, work that much harder than uh, than everybody else. And I, I got the bug for hockey, and it just uh, I just committed at a, at a young age. That told mom, this is what I want to do, and I want to be a professional hockey player, and whatever I got to do, uh, I'm going to do it. And, and it's that it's it's I don't want to say it's that easy, but I think a lot of kids you don't realize that if they just kind of set their intention to something. Um, you know, you, you've, you know, again, it's cliche again, but the kids, you got so much potential and you just don't realize it at that time, I think. I think that's a really good point, Dan. I think a lot of it to do is who do you have as a mentor? And it's interesting because we got to talking about uh, so many different things and there's so many uh, stories um, that... Uh, it looks like I just got a message from Jen's cast and he said it looks like he won the hat. It, I'm not sure if he got the right answer, um, but we'll see. Uh, hopefully Rob McDougall commented on it. But I think it all goes back to uh, mentoring and who you have around. And if you don't have um, the people that have the experience with whatever you're dealing with, um, you can't possibly know. So a lot of people come from hockey backgrounds, hockey families. You were not one of those. Uh, your family, you know, worked hard so so you could have the chance to play. Uh, you started at nine years old, like I said, in, out in Langley, which was a, it's a really a great minor hockey association. Yeah. You guys produced a hell of a lot of good players out there. Shenderling, Lammers, uh, you, Dakers, uh, man, so many. Um, But it's kind of interesting to to look back now and and see when, like you said, uh, to be able to interact with kids. It's, you know, you mentioned Jeremy Jackson. I watched him play for the Vancouver Giants. He was a super dynamic player, and I know he had some off-ice issues as well after, but you remember as a kid him coming to talk to you, right? And so I, I do, I think about that stuff when I we're actually sitting here and we can see kids uh, working out in front of us uh, doing some dry land. And, you know, I, I do remember being in, in those positions and, and, you know, looking up to, to certain individuals. And most of these kids out here, I'd say 98% of them are goalies aside from me and a couple kids that are out for shooters. But I mean, they, they're really looking up to you. And uh, I think that it's good that you realize that. And I, man, I've been watching you on the ice and, and what you do, man, it's these kids are very lucky uh to be working with you and uh getting uh, your knowledge because i i mean we talked about it and, and me and you both feel like uh you should be playing professional hockey and we'll get into that uh but i want to talk to your journey to the western hockey league briefly you were drafted uh in the fourth round 72nd overall by the calgary hitman back in 2003 that seems like so long ago doesn't it? i remember actually because we played spring hockey together uh just after you were drafted and with that we had uh, that, that team was stacked eh? Who was me, Andrew Ladd? Who else was on that team? Oh, we had a deep team. Yeah, Andrew Ladd, uh, Brandon Yip. Um, Campos was on that Campos, team. Campos, yeah. yeah. There was, uh, I think at least half that team went on to play pro. And 
uh, several guys in, get NHL games. So yeah, that was a, that was a fun. It was a fun time. <laughs> yeah, that was that was fun for sure. Um, but yeah, you got drafted to Calgary. Did you ever consider going the NCAA route? Well, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I gave it zero consideration. Um, we've got a goaltender here, who Nate McDonald, who's been working with us for I guess since he was in Bantam, since I was I was playing school here in North Bay, and um, he's gone the, the the NCAA route. He's gone to Cornell, and um, you know, working with him when when he was playing junior A here locally for the Boston Voodoo, you know, he he had some decisions to make because he was a draft pick to Peterborough. Uh, his rights were traded to Niagara. Uh, you know they were committing to him. You know with their school packages, and um, you know he he you know it was a decision he had to make. We have other goaltenders here, Reese Pru, who's uh, committed to the battalion. He, he played a game, uh, played some action last year, and you know it, again it's same thing. You know he had, he had would have had opportunities to go with NCAA. I never gave it a I never gave it a look. I was the second goaltender picked uh, in my in my draft. Uh, for the, for the Western Hockey League, and I was you know it's it's tough when you're you've got that clear kind of idea of what you want to do. I remember the Langley Hornets saying you know at 15 years old we'll we, we'll commit to you, um, but you we don't want you going to camp with with the Hitmen. Yeah. So I mean like they didn't want to commit to me as a 15 year old and have me leave at at 16 and and, yeah. and, and, and go go away. But like, looking back to say hey at 15 years old. What would have happened if I if I looked into that at 15 years old playing junior A? I mean, Kerry Price did that the year before me. Yeah. I think he was in uh, Williams Lake. I think he was playing yeah. junior A at 15. So as a goaltender uh, to do that, there wasn't a lot of other guys doing that at that time. So had I yeah had I had I looked at that, um, you know, had I had somebody to talk to, you know, um, that would have been something you know I, I definitely needed to consider. But not coming from a hockey family, my my dad was a writer and my mom's an artist, and me coming out as an athlete, I, I don't know how that happened, but. Um, yeah, it's that. I guess it's that mentorship as- aspect that I guess is kind of in, in a larger picture is kind of what we're we're trying to do here. And um, you know, we bring in guest speakers, and we you know, I love having you here because you've got you've got a, a wealth of, of experience and, and knowledge. You got you've lived several lifetimes, I think, at this point, <laughs> um, and you can share that. But yeah, I mean, looking back at, at 15, I mean, hey, you, anything could happen, right? So yeah, I, I we're I think we're going to get into that a little bit with the the WHL, the, the CHL stuff, and. Um, NCAA. There's no guarantees, obviously, but yeah, at 16 years old, when you're saying you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna play in the in the WHL with you know Ryan Getzlaff as your captain and, and Ryan and Andrew Ladd and these kind of you know these kind of guys, it's it's tough to, to to walk away from that. No doubt. I, I never even thought about. It. I forgot you played with Getzy and Ladd that year. Yeah, um, we had a deep, that was the lockout year, right? Yeah. So that was a deep that was a deep deep year by that was probably the deepest year you know by CHL standards. Yeah. Um, because we you know all these guys were back right. Yeah. Even in the OHL, Corey, when that was the your London, uh, I believe London won the Memorial Cup. Um, you know, look at how deep their team was. It's yeah. just, it's ridiculous. Well, the guys that were back that would have been playing in the NHL at, you know, 19, 20 years old. 100%. Right? Actually, it's funny because we were actually, you played, you were 16, right? Yeah. You made it as a 16. Yeah, I was a so I was, I was 17. We were mm-hmm. actually in the, back then, Swift Current was in the same division as us, as you guys. Mm-hmm. And, and if I remember correct, like in our division alone, so you guys had like Getzlaff and Ladd. You also had a couple other big, like Jeff Rogers. Schultz, Carson, Rogers was Rod a first Jade. rounder yeah. too. And, ton and of first person, rounders. Ton yeah. of first Our rounders. parties were insane that year. <laughs> It was ridiculous. Yeah. I, I guess so. But yeah. then, you know, and then we had Medicine Hat. You had Chris Russell, Cam Barker, Stephen Meyer. Yeah. Um, all these guys. Troy Brown. Brad MacArthur. All, yeah, all, all those guys. guys. So, the league was so not to deep. Brent Seabrook. Dion Phaneuf in Red Deer. Yeah, Holy Colin Fraser. Yeah, Colin, like, man. Every team was stacked with like That was just our division. That was just our division, too. That's crazy. Guys, there's a, three or four guys per team that went on to be like a household name. How about, how about Kootenai was in our division with Nigel Dawes, too? Nigel Dawes, yeah. They were stacked. Jeff Glass. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know, these guys are big yeah. names in that league. So at 16, it's like they, there was no NHL that season. So in Calgary, yeah. we were playing out. We set we set the record for North America that year for attendance. Yeah, for all of hockey. Yeah, and we were front page of the sports page for uh, the you know Calgary Sun and the Calgary Herald every single day. So it's like they didn't have Mika Kiprasov to talk about. Yeah. They didn't have these guys, so they were talking about us. That's awesome. So yeah. it, at 16, it was I, I didn't realize how special that was. Yeah. Um, and how unique, and, and that just doesn't happen. I, I distinctly remember walking up the tunnel, and I'll never, I felt so stupid. I was walking up the tunnel for the first practice uh, at the Saddle Dome. And I, for whatever reason, I, I'd never been in the Saddle Dome before, and I love the Saddle Dome. It's one of my favorite rinks to, to watch and to, to play in. But uh, I was just, I, I was used to the, uh, the, the in GM place. Well, I guess Rogers now. Yeah, yeah. And it's just different, right? Yeah. And uh, when you look up in the Saddle Dome, it's got a low ceiling. And I was just thinking out loud. I was like, oh, I thought it was going to be bigger. And it's like, the guys looked around at me like, are you getting me like this kid? <laughs> and I, did, I realized how stupid that sound. 
Um, but anyways, I, I made a lot of mistakes, and uh, that's that's partly why uh, you know why why things went maybe a little differently. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll get into we can get into some of that later. Yeah, so I mean, you break. That's a good point. You know, you're a second goalie picked in the WHL draft. So I mean, that in in itself is. You know, that's a, a huge accomplishment. That's, you know, you're the second best goalie in Western Canada, essentially, for your age well, the, group. And the guy ahead didn't even, I don't even think played a game. I really? don't think played a game, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, and, and you go on, you make the, the team as a 16-year-old, and, and you look at your numbers, uh, Dan, and they were phenomenal. Like, you, you know, you, you really were a standout goalie. Um, you had a tr- tremendous amount of success. You guys had some good teams, but you, you made you made it uh, a lot easier for them on a lot of nights. Um, I wanted. I didn't know this story too much, but because you're you're younger than me, but you know, if there's anything else that you want to talk about before leaving Calgary, um, you can you can definitely jump in and say. But actually, I lost a bet yesterday um, to one of your coaches here, one of your students, uh, because we bet a hundred dollars. Oh, I bet him a hundred bucks. He's like, yeah, Dan played for Sarnia Sting in the OHL. I'm like, yeah, you're, you know, you're full of shit. There's no way he played for Sarnia. He was a, he was a all-star goalie in 07, 08 when, when I played against him my final year. And, uh, there was just no, I was like, how would he ever make it to the OHL? And so Dan wasn't there and Dan came pulling into the parking lot. I'm like, hey, Dan, how many games did you play in the OHL? And he said like 50 or something. I'm like, no, in the OHL. He's like, yeah, like 50. And I'm like, no, in the OHL, how many games did you play? He's like, yeah, like 60. I'm like, what are you talking about? You played in the OHL. He's like, yeah, I played for Sarnia. And uh, so why don't you tell us, tell the guys, uh, tell the listeners what happened there. And, 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 and if you don't want to go into great detail, but I'm going to go on the record and say that it's complete, utter bullshit. And this is uh, where there's, to me, there's just no loyalty uh, in, in these leagues of hockey. Uh, it's unbelievable. If you, if you want to go into the story, Dan, and you can actually give the, the you know, you set records and um, did everything. You, you gave it all to the Calgary Hitmen, and uh, then they decided to part ways with you on your overage year. If you want to get into that story, you can. But I would love to hear it again. You told me last night. I was like, man, we got we to get this on um, because this is, the, this is the thing. These are the things that happen. Uh, and, you know, you look at a guy like Terry Trafford. He was kicked off the team for, for uh, you know, breaking team rules. He gets kicked off the team. He goes and he commits suicide. Well, something, you know, it's not the exact same situation, but they decided to say, hey, we're done with you. And, you know, I'm sure you had a lot of those same feelings, those those feelings of being like, wow, because like, I've been cut from a team. And I, and I remember, like, it, I remember that overwhelming feeling of just being like, what the hell am I going to do now? Like, I might as well just die. Like, I have no purpose, no nothing. Um, so why don't you, if you don't mind, tell the list what happened after you were a second team WHL all-star and were like one of the best goalies in the league yeah um, I mean my whole like when I got drafted by the team I was I was pretty focused on making that team I remember when they send you a little package when you get drafted with the workout booklet I still have it I, I, I still have the workout booklet and I still to look do some of that stuff and uh, um, they sent me a video it was a video of, of the highlight video from the team the year before and I remember I used to watch that video every single night Every single night before bed, I'd watch and I'd get this like imprint of my mind that I was playing for this team, the logo and everything. Um, and anyway, fast forward, I, you know, I made the team as a 16 year old, played, had some good years and, and uh, you know, put up some good wins and uh, we had some good, good, good playoff runs. Uh, Mike's still going? Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, yeah, fast forward to my 20 year old year. Um, you know, the year before that, like Brady said, I, I was, was named to an all star team and, um, you know, three consecutive, you know, 30 win seasons with, uh, well, two, two back to back. And then that later in my, my overage year, but, um, yeah, by all, you know, standards of, of the league, you know, pretty, I guess I, I pretty happy. I could have done things. I you know, always want to do a little bit better, but, um, no, I was a good, good goaltender in the league and constantly, you know, in the, in the kind of top 10, um, you know, top five, top 10 rankings for, you know, who do you have for that league? And, um, going into my 20 year old year, going to camp, you know, started out of the gate. Marty Martin Jones would, had been my backup for two years prior. And, um, he got a lot, his story is, is unique too, you know, not getting drafted, um, and getting a walk on with the Kings, which would, was happening my, my overage year. And so he was gone for training camp, which was a last minute invite for him. Um, and we were kind of stocking up to make a Memorial cup run because the, the, t- the two years prior we'd, we'd gone to the conference finals and, um, you know, come close and, and, uh, didn't quite get the finish we wanted. Um, so yeah, it was, it was an exciting year and I w- didn't really know what was going to be happening. If, you know, as a 20 year old, you don't know, we had five 20 year olds. We had, you know, one of them was my roommate, Ian Duvall, and we had some other, you know, Brent Seabrook's, uh, brother, Keith, um, you know, we had some good, good 
players. Um, but you know, I was I was ready for anything, whether it was staying with the team or whether it was you know getting traded or going somewhere else. Um, so Marty comes back from LA and he'd signed a contract, and I'd played I think I'd played every game up to that point, six or seven games or something, and, and you know my numbers were as good as they'd ever been. Um, and uh, I just set the club win record at seventy something games for, and I'd, I'd set club saves, you know, basically every record for the team. I'd I'd, I'd set it. Um, I think other than shutouts, Pogi had that one on me, but, um, and they, so they said, yeah, you're going to sit for a bit cause we can't, we can only dress so many 20 year olds and Jonesy's going to, we're going to give Jonesy a shot here to see how he does and see if he can, you know, see if he can play. Right. Cause he just signed with LA and they obviously hadn't had a, uh, that much confidence in him or otherwise they would have given him the starting spot, you know, in the summer yeah. and, and ship me off somewhere. So a lot of people thought they were going to go with both of us from the season. And that's what the kind of the consensus was from other GMs because they poked around and they said, you know, like, are, are you going to be moving them? Are you interested? And no, they gave nobody any any interest that they were going to be moving me or if they had, they'd been asking for so much that they gave everybody the impression that, you know, they were, were holding me. The yeah, they were probably, if they, anything came up, I'm sure they're asking a lot for it because um, they didn't, they, at that point, they had no conf, they didn't have confidence in Jonesy to be, you know, that he was able to, to, to take the load as, as a team making a run. Um, so anyways, I get called. I can't remember exactly how it happened, but I, I think it was the, uh, they told, basically told everybody that I wouldn't be available. Uh, I wasn't going to be available as far as I know. And, um, I think the way it works is if you clear waivers, um, another, the OHL or the, the I think if you go to the OHL, they have the ability to pick you up. So they pulled me long story short, they kind of pulled me in the office and they just said, Hey, we're, we're going to waive you. Um, or we're going to, we're going to, we're going to release you. Um, but there's this team out in Ontario who really wants you. They're the Sarnia thing. We've been talking to their GM. They're, they're going to give you all the games. They got a young goaltender. You're gonna you're gonna be able to play a ton. And I said, What do you mean? The, like the OHL? Like yeah. like what do you mean? Like I'm I'm like you know like I I wasn't even thinking about the OHL at this point. They said, Yeah, we think it's a good option for you. And I said, Well, what about the rest of the league? Like, am I no good? Like they go, Yeah, you're you're gonna probably clear waivers when we, when we release you. And uh, so, anyways, I clear waivers which I thought was just bizarre. Um, somebody, you thought somebody would take a stab at you, right? Yeah. And um, so anyways, I'm sitting around. I, I cleared waivers. So I guess I re-entered the OHL. Uh, I was picked up by this team. And my agent at the time, Rick Valetti, said, you know, uh, a couple other teams in the OHL, are, they want to pick you up, but uh, we want to go to Sarnia because we think that's the best bet. So I've told them you won't assign if, if they claim you. We'll just, we would just wait. So whatever, Sarnia gets me. And then I start getting calls. So I went home back to Langley. This was in October. I went home to Langley and um, I start getting calls from Western League teams. And they're saying, like, we didn't know you were going to be available. Like, we inquired about you in the offseason and we we had no update. We had nothing nothing knowing that you were going to be available. Yeah. You know, a couple of teams, one being Kelowna was, I would have loved to go to Kelowna. Uh, but the time, everybody had their 20-year-old card set prior to the deadline with with so they would have had to cut somebody else last minute to bring me in and that's what a couple teams were willing to do and they were pissed that they didn't get get like the first priority so they i had one gm like literally pissed calling me like how does this happen we didn't no idea so i don't know really what happened to be honest i don't know it's strange you know to be to be a kind of a household i guess a bit of like a household name in that area and that that conference and just not have any bites and then after the fact teams calling me saying we would have picked we, we would have taken you like let's yeah. get this going so i don't know i don't know what happened. so so to me this is my take on this story a lot of people don't know this uh but you know if a player is drafted uh to the nhl out of the the chl which is you know the quebec major the ontario or the western league uh and then they end up signing a contract well, that junior team that they got drafted from ends up getting what we call NHL money. They get money. I don't know how much it is. It depends on where you get drafted, but they get money, uh, a significant amount of money uh, for that player, like when they transfer their card from junior to pro, right? And uh, so that's a lot of what happens is, you know, so in that situation, Jonesy goes off to LA, he signs a contract, and now LA comes in and, and they start dictating how the Calgary Hitmen are going to run their organization because because, hey, listen, we have, we're signing this goalie. We're going to invest this money in him. And guess what? When he signed, and now that he's signed with us, and when he leaves your team, you're going to get X amount of dollars. You know what I mean? And they, they want to make sure that they're getting that money, making them happy, making the agent happy, because otherwise they'll just demand a trade, get them out of there, and then what? And then they're not getting that money. And that's the sad reality of it is. And it's, to me, if that's the business aspect of it, the business side, so be it. I can accept that side of it, maybe. But these are you're 20 years old. You're essentially a kid, right? Like you're at 20 years old, where you're still pretty young. You're not very mature. Certainly not. You know, Terry Trapper was 20 when he uh, took his life with with no support. So, 
you know, where's the transition in, in trying to, they say that, you know, oh, there's this team in Sarnia that wants you and that's great. And then sure, they try to bridge that gap a little bit. But at the end of the day, you were a Western League all-star the year before. Uh, I find it very hard to believe, like you said, you got those phone calls and, and damn right there was teams in the Western League that wanted you. But what, Calgary didn't want to give yeah, you up because they didn't want to come back and I bite them know, in the ass that's or what? what? That's what people thought. I don't know. It was just very weird. Literally the weekend before setting setting the club win record. And then, like, several days later, I think that same week, them getting released by the team I've spent five, you know, basically five years for. It just was so weird. It was. I remember a reporter asking me after the game. She goes, "Oh, does this mean you're? Is this the? Is this the end of it for you?" And I'm like, "What? Like, what? Like, what do you? How? Do, like, honestly, I know you're laughing because you get released. Well, just getting released is not. It's not cool as a hockey yeah. player to get released. Yeah. Like, you don't. It's a bad. It's a shitty Horrible. feeling, right? And just to go from that, like, not anything is just was just like so weird. She said, like. Yeah, like that's horrible. But like, what were you actually? Because we're laughing about it now, but I know that it still hurts you in, inside. Like, because I carry a lot of shit. Like, I made mistakes with my hockey career. I just about killed myself for ten yeah. years. There's other things involved too. But well, I just I'll never forget packing my bag up and uh, one of my best buddies in the team, Maddie McKenzie. Um, he was a Buffalo draft pick, and we have, we've actually just kind of got back in touch recently. But um, pa- helping me pack my Paul Postman, these guys helped me pack my Posty. bag. I played with Postman. Yeah, walk, walking out with me, it, you know, to the to the parking lot, just like it was just surreal. I had no idea what was what was happening, and um, you know, and, and we ended up working out okay. I went out to the, went out to Sarnia and had a, had a really good year, and it was for me it was nice because we did have some good teams in in Calgary. Then that um, you know, as a goaltender, when you're on a good team, it's always that you know that uh, a bit of a doubt if you're look you know is he just good because he's on that team or you know is the team helping him and to go to Sarnia which we had zero expectations to do well and to you know I I set the not to brag but I set the single I set the single season win record um, in Sarnia starting in October starting after the season you know had already begun so that that was just nice you know affirmation for myself to go from a a good team you know strong organization to a you know what would have been a, a weaker team uh, that hadn't done, you know, one much, um, and to help that team, uh, you know, have a good year, um, w- was nice kind of for myself. And I had my best, I think, best numbers that season. So um, yeah, I mean, it's a nice, it's a nice rebound to get to get back, and and obviously you had a great season. That must have felt good. Yeah. But, but really, how how were you feeling? Like, how long did it take to bounce back? Did did, did you settle into Sarnia right away? Did was there a process of that you you were still bitter? Um, or, or did you just kind of roll with it and just accept it and be like, okay, this is because obviously you had a great year. You must have had to well, put yourself in a different mental state. Yeah, what I did is, you know, I kind of just said, you know, like obviously for whatever reason, you know, I'd, I'd done well in the Western League. I'd, you know, we played play in every building and, and I felt that, you know, I felt I'd done well. And um, for whatever reason, I just didn't get a sniff. I never got an NHL tryout. You know, I had one later after that season in Calgary, but. Um, you know, just didn't get a sniff, and for whatever reason, it was just weird. And you know, I still talk to people this day, to this day that are you know Western Hockey League fans and whatever, and they say like, I don't know how you never got a look. I don't know how like you know they, they were like I was at these games and you know you stole games for the team, and you, nothing happened for you, and it, it, it's weird. Um, you know, yeah, the year before, you know, All Star and Team Humanitarian and whatever, and I loved playing there. I love the people there, and um, yeah, you got humanitarian of the year on the team too, like yeah. which is like the man of the year, did the most yeah. in the community, all that. So yeah, it was so, just strange. It was just really strange, strange feeling, you know. It's bullshit and, is what it yeah, is. Yeah, it was just a really strange feeling, and then just when they suggested the OHL, I was like, why are you talking about the OHL? Like we got other teams in this league, but anyway, so no, I, I just kind of told myself, hey, you know, there's there's a whole other uh, a whole other league out there in Ontario, and, and a great chance to see another side of the country and you know, maybe get a look from some other scouts or, you know, what, whatnot and make some new friends. And that's what I love about hockey. Every time you go to a new team and, you know, the last several years I've been in and out of the ECHL lineup and I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not giving it up yet. I haven't still retired. The body, the body is, uh, is has been kind of broken for, for better, for lack of a better word since, you know, basically since my last season in, in junior, my body has been, uh, been not, not well. And we can talk a little bit about that later, but um, yeah, I just, I, I just, I love getting in there. And that's the end of the day. It's, it's, you know, it doesn't matter what level it is. It's, it's, it's the same at every, you know, that's why I like the, going out the OHL. It's the same thing. It's, it's just another side of the country. Everybody's doing the same thing. Yeah. And yeah, no, you came out here, you had a great year and then you went on and you, uh, you played some CIS hockey out here too. Uh, you went to I school. played in the building we're, we're sitting right next to right now in the Memorial Gardens in, in North Bay. It's a great building and 
played for Nipissing, and I never, I never saw myself going to school. Like I'll be honest, when uh, sorry I was, to interrupt you, you're also the MVP for that team. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, when I was going, to, when I was playing in Sarnia, I literally remember getting school packages, and, and I, you know, this is probably me being arrogant, but I would literally, I was tired of getting packages from school. I get a package in my stall every day, and I hated it. I said, why are these guys sending me school packages? I want to play pro. Like I want to sign. I want to sign an AHL deal. I want to sign an NHL deal after the season. So, like, my, my GM kept saying, he's like, Alan Miller, who's in uh, Moose Jaw now, great guy, kept saying, these teams keep calling me, and, and they, they want to know why you're not getting back to them. Like, these good schools, McGill and, you know, UNB and Alberta, he's like, you're, they're not, you're not getting back to them. I said, yeah, because I don't, I don't want to go to school. I want to play hockey. Like, I... Why would I want to go to school? Like, why are you coming to me telling, asking me to want to go to school? Why are you, you – know, why is Kelly Kisio asking me, telling me about the OHL? Like, I, you know, so it's like, anyways, it's, it is what it is now. But, um, no, I ended up going to school. I, I came out here. Uh, you know, I told you it was kind of funny. Every, when you're in B.C., or you're, you're out west, everybody says, go out east for, for CIS. That's where all the great hockey is. And uh, for us in Vancouver, this out west is where – or out east is where we are right now. But when yeah. you get out here – and out east is farther out east, yeah. so I uh, I didn't do my uh, my research as well. But no, it's the OUA is great, and uh, I had a good I had a great three years here at, uh, at Nipissing in North Bay, and uh, was fortunate to uh, to link up with uh, a really good goalie coach and mentor, Yuha uh, Latola, who was working with the, uh, the Sudbury Wolves at the time. And and Yuha uh, called me up after my third year of school, and he said, "I'm the goalie coach of." Uh, this team in Finland, and they're they're letting me uh, they're letting me pick my goalie for next year. They want to go with an NCAA guy who's uh, you know had a pretty deep resume coming out of NCAA, obviously. But he's like, you know, I don't care if it's Canadian University or whatever. You're you're the guy I want. So had faith in me, and uh, yeah, I went to Finland, and I had honestly probably one of my best years of hockey on and off the ice, uh, being in Finland and and you know just consistently playing and being in that Finnish pro environment. I, I talk so much about that with our kids. Is you know we have literally no idea like what these other guys are doing in Finland in Sweden like they they're doing twice basically twice whatever you're doing right now if you're a Canadian kid they're doing they're doing probably twice and they're doing it better yeah. um it's just more volume it's just more uh focus on sport and health and fitness and uh it was it was great it definitely like shaped me spending time over there and working with some of the best goalie coaches and, and off-ice coaches there um and I loved it so that's what that's what came out of that and you know I went to Sweden the the, the next year in, in the Elsvenskan which is a you know a, a good lots of good players have gone through that that league and um you know th- things take a turn you know a little bit uh, you know having having my son I went back and to, for the birth of my son and had to make a big decision and um you know was injured and that's kind of when the in- injuries started kind of mounting and um yeah it's when things kind of started getting tough uh, around that time after, after, you know, leaving, leaving Sweden, um, which, you know, I maybe would have done things a little differently, um, in the sense of, of, of some things, but, um, no, here we are now. Yeah. And, and we talked about that. You, you opened up to me a little bit about how hard of a struggle that was, mm-hmm. um, like financially, emotionally, mentally, uh, through your relationship even. Uh, and this is a common uh, story with a lot of hockey players. It's, uh, it's never easy to deal with an injury or to deal with, um, you know the ups and downs in a career fighting for contracts every year uh, and then you know trying to uh, you know it's very hard I talk about this all the time the support uh, you know for mental health but also for physical health like if you're not in the NHL or whatever like if you're trying you get hurt like how are you paying for your treatment mm-hmm. in the office so you're not and that's what I was in I was literally like I moved back to Vancouver um, after I guess it was my year in Sweden so after I had a my son was born my son Jake was born in November November 10th I came back he was born I was home for a month. I went to the ECHL, went to Utah, I uh, went to a couple other teams that, that year, and uh, I was banged up. And I remember getting let go from the Ontario Reign after playing. They traded for me. I played four games in five nights. Uh, I think we went two and two, and, and uh, I was with the team for a little while longer than that. I got let go, and they said, you want to go down to the SPHL? Like, there's teams that want you. Um, and again, I was, I was hopeful I was going to be getting picked up on, on waivers. I cleared waivers. And I had a decision. I had this decision several of the last few years. Do I do I go home or do I go to the SPHL? And and my literally, I, I want to play hockey. I play hockey anywhere, but my body is so banged up that I could barely get through practice. Um, that the thought of you know dropping a league and, and then just getting more and more banged up, um, you know, and it wasn't really an ego thing. It was just that if I go to if I'm getting let go from the league I'm at, and I'm I got to be really good in that next league. And if you know I didn't have the confidence in my body that I was going to be able to do that, and you know getting hurt and you know, it's just, so I went back and I, I moved to Vancouver, literally, uh, like no money, moved to Vancouver or rented that for in Vancouver for the summer, uh, in, well, in Langley and, uh, to just to see doctors, see Dr. Donald Grant, uh, in, uh, in Coquitlam. And, and that was my plan. Just, I spent all summer doing treatment 
and, uh, you know, broke and just trying to get my body to the point where I can go to camp again and, and feel good. And, uh, you know, it unfortunately still hasn't happened. I'm still in the same, uh, same cycle here. So, but you were able to, uh, through a friend, uh, uh, well, a good friend of yours, but it's someone that I know very well, Justin Mulholland. I mean, I haven't seen him in years, but, uh, we grew up playing it. He's my age, right? We, he yeah. was played in Coquillum and it was right around that time that we started, we started 360 goalie yeah. literally that year. It, yeah. We, so I, the year I came back, so the year I came back from BC, I went out to BC and the doc, Don said, you know what, you're not a hundred, but you know, maybe you just go try and see. I had an agent say, we got your deal in Slovakia. Um, I've got the contract in front of me. It's going to happen. So I was I was in Langley doing treatment and skating and kind of feeling okay. And he said, no, it's the deal's going to be done. Go go fly back to Ontario. Get your stuff. Say goodbye to your family. You're, you're going to be going. So I, I, I booked an early flight. I, I changed my flight. And I went back to Ontario and I, and I, I, I waited. I waited. I waited. And the contract fell through. And uh, then I found myself, yeah, I was in Barrie and renting and no money um you know my, my now wife was was working and we we were at home with a with a one-year-old and and i was yeah i was basically unemployed and um no contract body's hurting and um here i am at at home and and justin and i i've been doing camps here in north bay before under a couple different names and justin and i say hey, let's do this together because we've been, been friends since we were you know nine or ten years old we met through goalie school and we started 360 and um it's funny the first kind of camp i had i think at 360 was uh was a christmas camp i needed to get on the ice because i was going to go down to um i was going to go to uh i was going to go to macon uh for for kevin kerr who's from north bay he's actually a uh, you should, you should, it's kind of cool guy for you to talk to. He's got, yeah. the, I think he's got all time record for points in the minors. Uh, really cool guy. He called me up and he said, Hey, I want to give you, I want to give you a chance. I want you to come down here. So I, I booked a camp here in North Bay more so for me just to get on the ice. Cause I couldn't afford the ice at the time. So I said, you know what, I'm going to put a camp on and I'm going to skate with these kids. So I booked the ice. I had the kids come down to West Ferris and we, uh, we did a lot of skating and, and puck handling, and I got on the ice, and uh, and I went. I ended up going. He, Kevin called me, and he said, "You know, I you got you even better than coming down to making with me. I got you, I got you uh, an opportunity in Wheeling." So I went down to Wheeling, and um, again, the body just did not hold up uh, after you know a few weeks of, of regular team practice and, and 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 whatnot through you know through that time of the year. So again, I had the opportunity to, again to go to the SPHL, and I'm just like, you know what, I can barely put a couple practices here. Um, and the the, hard, the 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 really hard part was being off for as long as I was and and still feeling good like when you'd have a good day physically and and getting out there I can remember literally crying like tears of like laughing laugh part laughing part crying because it's so easy and not to say that like you know not to say that in an arrogant way but just to say hey I've still got this and um literally in practice I can still go back to that first practice and wheeling feeling so good and then you know later that day you wake up the next morning with back spasms and it's found it feels like I got a frying pan you know fused to my back can't move and it's just like i can't i can't play like this yeah i can't do this if i I was worried about going i go from in a practice book the coach and say hey i've been off but i'm so confident put me in to i hope i don't go in because my back is just fused it's just not moving so you can't play like that you just you can't no and and so that's a i mean it's a really difficult thing to deal with i mean when your body's uh saying no and you're in your head and your heart are Mm -hmm. saying let's go um, do you think that doing this goalie school is sort of saved? I know it's still not fulfilling that same uh, aspect as playing. I don't know if anything ever will, but as far as being removed from the playing side, can you think of any better situation than, than teaching young kids back in this way? Yeah, it's always something I've really enjoyed doing. And, you know, it's the kind of thing that if, you know, if I was still playing, you know, professionally, it's something I would I would do um it's something i did for, for like i love doing it in calgary i think that was part of the, i think maybe the humanitarian thing i love just going out to team practices and working with kids so yeah. I, i'd go out to every practice um i could to the point where they were saying hey you got to scale it back like we want you fo- more focused with the team here but i'd be going out to every practice i could me and dylan yo we'd go out all oh, the yeah. time You're, yeah. you know yozy, yozy so yeah. we'd go out all at matt mckenzie too we go out all the time we'd play floor hockey we just loved it you know it was just fun um, so yeah, no, it, it is good. I, I do, I do really enjoy it. The kids, you know, the relationships we have with, you know, with the kids and, and it, it's great. Um, but it's, um, yeah, I don't know that, that hole from, from playing and I guess just feeling like having you have this picture in your mind and it just kind of gets pulled out from underneath you and you're not just, um, you haven't had that closure, I guess it's for me, it's, it's been a real tough, uh, it's a real bit, it's the hardest thing is, is you're happy for all your teammates that, I mean, you, you just, you got tons of teammates that are, yeah. you know, uh, I mean, guys, our age are kind of getting a little older now in the, by NHL standards, but, um, you know, it's a younger game now, but, um, you know, it was really hard for years. I, I couldn't watch hockey. Me I either. just, it was just so bizarre. Like literally like in my early twenties, like I'm at school 
and trying to get out of CIS and play, you know, get a, get a tryout somewhere. And I've got teammates that are just, they're regulars in the NHL. And it's just like, what mm-hmm. is, it's, it was honestly something like an alternate reality. Like I'm playing where we go on the, Nipissing here, we had great fans. We'd go on the road sometimes and we'd get like 20, you know, 20 people at a game. And I'm flicking on the game at the hotel after. And there's like, of the two teams playing, there's like 10 or 12 guys like I was playing just with or against like three years ago. Yeah. It's just bizarre. I know. Uh, I, know had, like, I had a lot of Have I gotten worse? Things. It's like, have I gotten that much worse and they got that much better over a couple of years? Like, I don't think so. No, it's just about, you know? all about opportunity yeah. and, and going with it and the right opportunity. Mm. It's, you know, it's, mm-hmm. you know, man, it can even rate it from the beginning of junior. It can really fry you if you don't fit in with the team. Yes. Or, if you, or, yes, yeah, if yeah. you don't, you know what I mean? It's and, with the coach and that, that was mine. I mean, I'm not going to make excuses. I, again, and, and, Coming from a hockey family, I think I think to have success, if you're looking at if we're talking junior hockey, um, or even you know minor hockey, high level minor hockey, to have success, you have to come. It really helps to come from a bit of a sports background. I remember in Calgary, I, I billeted with my aunt and uncle for a year. Uh, my uncle Bar- Barkley Allen played a little bit in the C- in the C- in the CFL, and just having a year with them was just phenomenal. To 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 just talk to him who'd who'd been through you know the NCAA football program and you know to play in the CFL. And just to have, it wasn't even hockey, but just to have him as a mentor telling me, like, this is what it is. This is what you need to do. And just to be on me a little bit. Like, things, you think you're working hard, or you think you're doing the right thing, and you're not. And you, you, as kids, you know, we see kids here, they think they're doing enough, or they think they're doing the right thing, and, and they're not. And it's, you know, it's just being open to that and having somebody you trust who's, who's been there to say, no, this is the way to do it. And, and I think once you buy in... Um, you, you need that. You either, you either need to come from that family background or have somebody. And I, I know I kind of like to be, you know, not that I did anything, you know, I did all the right things, but I definitely learned how to do not to do things um, to kind of give kids an idea of, hey, this is how, when you come to the rink, this is how you act. This is how you dress. You, you look at somebody in the eye, you shake their, these are just basic things. But in hockey, like you said, if you get off to the wrong start with your junior team or, or whatever, and you're, even your NHL team who drafts you, I mean, it could make, it could, it could veer your life in a completely different direction you know yeah. if you don't mind why don't you share quickly i know we, you we got to get on the ice here you probably got like no two, we're good we're good yeah you got like 10 15 we got about 10 probably. 15 here yeah um but quickly share the story about uh when the toronto maple leafs left you a ticket uh, to the memorial cup game in vancouver yeah it was uh so after my 18 year old season we'd just been eliminated by the medicine hat tigers in the third round um we were we we, we i think we eliminated in five games they're all close games so, so i mean really we were we were three. We looked at. We were three wins away from the Memorial Cup because whoever whoever went to the finals that year had a bye because they played yeah. Vancouver. Um, so yeah, we came home after a, after a long you know playoff series. We we went to Coot, we took Kootenay to seven in overtime and playing going head to head against Taylor Dakers, who was a, as a Langley boy and you know watching him playing against him was was just something else and and winning in overtime of um, against the guy I looked up to uh, was 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 wild and um, you know we went out to Brandon like a couple days later and, and I think we took them in six or five or six. Um, they, they were a good team too, and and then we you know Medicine Hat anyway. So it was it was a great run for the playoffs for us, and it, it was again for me personally like you know it, it was it was great because it was my first year as a starting goaltender, and and I had a very strong you know played close to sixty games and over thirty wins, and we had a deep playoff run, and um, so I get a call I get a call or an email uh, from the Leafs. Uh, it was Garth uh, Malarchuk, Clint Malarchuk's brother. Um, I can't remember exact the details, but it was something along the lines of there's tickets, there's a ticket for you at the rink, uh, at the Coliseum in Vancouver, because it was, uh, there were, there were, Vancouver was playing Plymouth, and uh, come down, and I think it was something just as vague as come down and watch the game with us. Yeah. Something like, like, come down, we'll have a chat, and I, I didn't know what that meant. Like, what does that mean? And um, I remember Justin Mahal and I were working out in Coquitlam, uh, and I, I drove back home, and what I really should have done is I should have just gone from Coquitlam to Vancouver and got there early, but you, know, you, you don't know these things, and... So I, I didn't know what to wear. It's as stupid as it sounds. I don't know what to, I didn't know what to wear. I'm like, what do I wear? The Leafs are invited me to kind of do a game. What does that even mean? You know? So I was like, I didn't want to be overdressed, looking stupid. Like it was it was this was a, would have been what May a Memorial Cup weekend May I guess. Uh, so I, I debated a debate. I asked my dad. He didn't know. And um, so I just wear like jeans and a you know just a I don't know just casual like I don't know sweater or whatever. And um, get to the game and. Um, I, uh, I had to, I was late. Like I'm always I was always running behind. I was just never just that guy who could just be like being out. You're, the Leafs invite you to a game, be three hours early. Like why? Why wouldn't I? Have, yeah. You know what I mean? You look yeah. back, it's so simple. 
Uh, so anyways, I get there, I'm rushing. I, I, I told Brady I, I, had to, I had to piss like crazy because I was stuck in traffic. And my bladder was about to explode. And I, I, there was no parking. I didn't account that there wasn't going to be any parking at this game because it was Memorial Cup. So there was no parking. I had to park, you know, however far from the rink. I'm jogging. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I have to piss. I'm going to piss down my leg here. I finally get in. I find my ticket. I don't even know where I was going. I didn't know where the press, the ticket box was. I got my ticket. I go in and I look for my seat and I look up. I op- I go out to the, you know, the, the arena opening and I look up and I'm like, oh crap. There's like a row of like 50 scouts, maybe more. And they're all wearing suits. And I'm sitting in the middle somewhere of that. And I look down at my jeans. I'm just wearing like, you know, we wore like what Abercrombie jeans with kind of like holes in them and whatever. Right. Yeah. Wearing just sneakers. And I'm like, oh man, like this is going to be, and I had to, I still had to pit. I had still had to pee like so bad. I was about to burst. So I'm like, I'm going to be late. So I run up there, get my seat, shake some hands. And, um, I look around and Zach Hamill was sitting right next to me wearing a suit. Obviously Zach everybody Hamill was from Port Coquillum. Zach Hamill. Him, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Zach was an amazing player when we were kids and still, you know, still, still is and was, um, but, uh, yeah. So long story short, you know, little things like that, you know, like just being the one person in that crowd of like, I don't know, 50, 60 hockey people like of, of influence wearing the only one wearing street clothes, you know, I stood out the wrong way. I stood out the wrong way. And that's what we talked about when you talked to our group earlier uh, this summer. Stand out, but stand out for the right way. When you talked about Carey Price and yeah. when Carey Price went to U-17s, he was the only one, you know, wearing, you know, business casual, golf shirt, golf yeah. pants, whatever. Absolutely. And you guys you Guys, guys were making them. fun of him. Guys were you making guys fun of them, right? It was, you know, actually, I'll tell you, it was Carey Price, Gilbert Brule, and Brock Bradford that mm-hmm. were the three, probably the most professional ones mm-hmm. at that time, and the three best players there. Yep. Carey Price and then Gilbert and Brock were the two best forwards. And, uh, but, but by far, Carey Price was uh, far and away... Um, more professional and, and con- like just not even comment, just uh, he just seemed relaxed, but he was focused. And we were only 15 at 16, I remember. Uh, I remember shooting on him for a week straight. I never scored on him once. Yeah. I never. I hit the post on him in the dub when we played against him. I beat him, hit the post. I didn't score, but I beat him. But there was a week playing for Team BC there or whatever where I didn't even, uh, where I didn't even, you know. Get one by him, and you know, you like you mentioned, we were, we were like, you know, laughing behind his back. Like, and that's a, what I was thinking. I what a want, loser! Yeah. Like, why is he wearing that? Uh, you're a loser, yep. kid. Look at him now; he's the yep. best goalie in the world. Yeah, I think as kids, you get that a lot. You don't want to be as kids as teenagers. You, you're kind of like not cool if you try too hard. You yeah. know, it's like don't try too hard at anything, and you're you're kind of singled out. But you know, if we if you can say anything, I mean, I think you're going from your experience. You you wonder if you would just would have tried a little harder because yeah. you had a lot of natural talent, and it's like, what if I just what if I was the guy wearing that golf shirt? trying a little harder for, for, for the right reasons. Um, you know, so anyways, that, that's my story with the Leafs. I, I got brought back for some testing and, and whatnot, but it, you know, it's the kind of thing, it's that first impression. Um, you know, maybe it meant nothing, maybe, but maybe it's subconscious. You know, I, I had it in my head from that on that I, you know, I screwed and, up. And that's the yeah. thing too, whether or not the Leafs looked at it, which mm-hmm. they very well could have, and all you need is one guy not to like yeah, you and they're sitting yeah. around a table and they'll be like, what about this guy? Yeah. And, and a couple guys say, could nah. be, and they'll be like, the it's one guy's nah. like, no. Nah. And, and they're like, the okay, bubble, next. And that's next. what guys don't understand. Unless next. you're like a top caliber coming out, if you're, unless you're the Carey Price, unless you're Sidney Crosby, which are extremely professional since they were, yeah. you know, you see as, as soon as they're in an interview, they're very professional. Unless you're one of those guys, if most guys are bubble guys after like the third, fourth, you know, fifth round, they're going to be bubble guys at camps. You have to double down on your professionalism. You'd have to double down on your integrity, all the little details that, you know, what are people saying about you? What, what are your teammates saying about you? What are your parents saying about you? What are you? And then you learn this stuff later talking to scouts. They watch you in the parking lot. They watch you, you know, do you walk by that piece of trash and do you kick it or do you pick it up and put it away? They watch you, you know, they watch you in warm-up. They watch you on the bench. Like, I had no idea that this was all happening, you know, and I worked so hard. That's the hard thing. I worked so hard, and I just, some of these things, like, just what do you wear when an NHL team, you know, suggests you come meet them at a game? And it all could have been, you know, I don't say for nothing, but um, it was these little things. Right? Yeah, and, and then right from there, whether or not they looked at you or that or not, in your mind, you're behind I had, the I eight was ball. behind, exactly. You're I behind was, the eight I ball was, because you're yes. going, fuck, I screwed yes. up, I, I screwed up, I screwed up. Yeah, and then you're just, hard. you know, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you're going to the fitness mm-hmm. testing and you're thinking, did I screw mm-hmm. up at the Mem Cup months ago or whatever. When I, when they, when I, meet, when I met them at the fitness testing, I'm, I had that, that was the first thought I had in my mind. I, I, I screwed up or something. And, it, you know, and maybe that comes off as, you know, you're, you're 18, you're, you come off a little awkward and, you know, maybe that's just enough for them to say, you know what, I don't, I don't know, I don't know about this one. You know, absolutely. You don't want, you can't have that doubt. 
Yeah. So. Well, I think uh, I think we got to hit the ice here, Dan. But yeah, we'll... I'd love to keep this going, but uh, we do have a, uh, a group of sixteen, uh, group three here coming on the older group, and uh, I think we got to get out there and uh, and get them going here. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, if, if you want to head in, uh, I'm just gonna say a yeah. few more things here, and uh, but I, I appreciate you have having me on, Dan. And listen, man, thank you so much. Yeah, there's. Guys, that is episode number 42 of Hockey to Heroin Road to Recovery. Big thanks to my good friend Dan Spence of 360 Goaltending. Not only just for coming on and sharing so many great stories, but like I said, giving me the opportunity to come work for 360 Goaltending. Getting on the ice, he really has no idea what this did for my morale, what it did for my confidence, guys. And, and what it just did for my well-being because I really just felt at home again. I'm not going to lie. I felt uh, really nervous the first day. If you saw that Facebook Live video of me hitting the ice, uh, I had butterflies in my stomach. I was nervous. I thought it was going to fall. I thought, like, uh, I'd never been so, uh, like, least, like less confidence going into uh, skating or playing hockey uh, in my entire life. But you know what? That's what d- deterred me from getting back into hockey, uh, really, was because I knew that it was going to be a struggle. And that was sort of the, the way I lived my life. Uh, I always was looking for the easy way out. Uh, and that's sort of what I got. Uh, I got what I deserved with the effort I put on in, into my life. Um, yes, a lot of things happened to me that were unfortunate. Uh, you know, like dating back to when I was a kid being sexually abused. However, you know, going through my life, Uh, I tried to cut a lot of corners and uh, all I know is that you know like anyone if I could go back of course I would do things differently but at the same time my life experiences are so vast and I'm so grateful to have each and every single experience that I've got under my belt and I'll tell you why because I'm alive I'm breathing today and now I can utilize those experiences to help change the world especially the hockey community to bring some awareness Uh, to mental health and addiction in the hockey community especially guys is my ultimate goal so please check out pucksupport.com I really we really need a a lot of help Ashley Langdon if you didn't listen to episode 41 go back and listen to it please it was a great 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 interview with a new friend Ashley Langdon story very similar to mine him and I have really clicked Uh, I can't wait to uh, meet him and introduce him to Matt Thompson actually Matt Thompson of course is the one who told me about Matthew Lazinski and he uh, he's become like my best friend virtually and he's the owner of the Maxwell Mustangs and actually Ashley Langdon and myself will be hopefully suiting up for the Maxwell Mustangs coming up this season if all things go as planned with COVID-19. So guys, uh, that's really exciting. Uh, also, I just want to say thank you to everybody for all the comments that came out the other day when I hit the ice for the first time. Uh, I did get a video message from my friend Darren McCarty, four-time Stanley Cup champ. Uh, it was <laughs> such a great video message. It's really awesome when one of your idols becomes one of your supporters and friends. Uh, it's, my life is just such a blessing. And uh, even if you're not a four-time Stanley Cup champion, your comments, your positivity towards me, and, and just your graciousness, uh, just for accepting me and what I'm doing, all of, all of you, everybody listening, thank you. Thank you so, 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 so much. There are just simply no words to go into detail to how everybody makes me feel every time I get a comment uh, or a like even, and especially a direct message. I just want to say thank you so much to the entire city of North Bay for hosting the 360 Goaltending Clinic that Dan Spence has put on. Thank you to all the great goalies that have uh, let me be a part of this week. So much, uh, so much fun. All the great coaches I've got to meet up here. Uh, all the great students, all the great people of North Bay, some great restaurants. Uh, get to tick off North Bay on the map of places I've been. And it's a beautiful spot. We've had beautiful weather. Uh, any goaltenders in the area, I strongly suggest looking up 360 goaltending. And also, if you're in the lower mainland, guys, uh, 360 goaltending is alive and well out there as well. Uh, this is cutting edge stuff. Dan Spence has really put together an excellent program for all of his uh, goaltenders and, and the things he's doing, mentoring the, some of these coaches that he's, you know, when they were younger, 8, 9, 10 years old, now they're here at 17, 18 years old coaching, mentoring, and it's really nice to see uh, what Dan's doing. I wish Dan all the best if he decides to uh, continue his journey in pro hockey. He has my 100% support. I'm behind him. The Puck Support Foundation's behind him. Uh, and guys, 
let's get behind Dan Spence if he wants to make a comeback. Uh, and Dan, if you just decide to continue teaching goalies and bringing those goalies along to fulfill their dreams, be proud of yourself. You're doing some amazing things and these kids really look up to you and, and they're very fortunate, very lucky to be working with such a talented, passionate individual like yourself. And, and I'm very proud and honored to call you a friend, Dan. So thank you so much. And I just want to say a very, very special thanks to the Buchanan family, Blair and Mandy, thank you so much. There's just truly no words. You guys are such a beautiful family, a beautiful house. Thank you for opening your doors to me. Uh, I now consider you guys like family and I look forward to building a relationship uh, down the road. Hopefully you guys can come down to Muskoka and we can get some fishing in, maybe get some skating on the lake when it freezes over. Who knows? Uh, anyways, lots of new friends made this week, guys. I am so grateful to be alive. So grateful for all the opportunities. Thank you, Dan Spence. Thank you, 360 Goaltending. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to everybody for this support follow me on social media at hockey to heroin at hockey to heroin podcast at puck support and at pucks and plants guys for all the cutting edge information on cbd and cannabis and all that stuff guys some of it yes is 19 plus however cbd can be used by kids with the thc removed and all you parents listening i suggest looking into it because it is just extremely beneficial and uh that just change your life uh, not only yours, but your child's as well. Uh, check out uh, the Hemp Heels Foundation, Hemp Heels Hockey, uh, and follow Riley Cote. Uh, he is the guru uh, with the plant medicines and hockey. So guys, thank you so much for listening. And guys, I'm going to leave you with Outlaws and Outsiders by North Bay's very own Corey Marks. And remember, have a great day, if you so choose. So I'm a rebel and rogue and I'm always on the run With a fire inside, I ain't ever gonna die I'm a locked and loaded gun When the match is striking, the gasoline lights It's only just begun One thing I learned is you can watch it all burn But the flame ain't ever done Feel the same oh.